Hey friends, are you craving connection on a deeper level with high caliber women? Well, I've got the perfect evening for you. If you live in the Twin Cities area of Minneapolis, St. Paul, or want to visit, I invite you to join me for an intimate evening of rich conversation, fabulous food, and new connections. Just send me an email at hello at barbarachurchill.com with the subject line, invite me to dinner, and I'll make sure to put you on the list to get all the information. This is happening early 2024, and you'll definitely want to be there. You are listening to episode 54 of the Create What You Crave podcast, the one that digs into being the best versus being the best version of a you. And this is gold. Let's go. Welcome to the Create What You Crave podcast, a place for creating the self-confidence you need to be your best self as a leader at work and in life. If you want to bring more authenticity, more boldness, more clarity, and more fun to your world, this is the place for you. I'm your host, Barbara Churchill. Here we go. Hello, friend. Happy Wednesday. I am feeling feisty today. Can you tell? (laughs) I'm just telling you. I've worked out, I had a healthy breakfast, and I am ready to make this a fab day. And I am so glad that you are here with me. How are you feeling today? Hey, I know a surefire way to make you feel amazing. Join me in Italy, my friend. I haven't seen your name yet, which is why I'm bringing it up. I've heard from some people that they want to get a handle on their schedules and make sure they're good to go. And maybe that's you too. So no worries. I've extended my Platinum Community offer to April 30th to give you plenty of time to get it all together before I see you in Tuscany. Clear your calendar, make the necessary arrangements for your pets or your kids, if you have them, and then go to barbarachurchill.com forward slash retreats and register to save your spot because seats are filling up. So be sure to register with a deposit. And then you just get to sit back and relax knowing that you have an amazing life experience coming your way. Plus, remember, you'll be enjoying two months of group coaching before your trip to prepare you for all the deliciousness that awaits you and to meet the other women that are going. And then a month of group coaching after you return, because you're going to need support as you re-enter your world. This is the best retreat experience I have ever offered. And I really want to share it with you, which leads me to what I want to talk about today, being the best. You know, our society is all about that, right? Marketing gurus are always striving to find ways to tell you why their product or service is the best. Which hamburger is the best? McDonald's, Wendy's, In-N-Out Burger? Which SUV is the best? Hyundai, Subaru, Chevy? And in sports, my God, how many of those, right? Which team is the best in which sport? Which player, which coach? We are trained that being the best is the only thing to strive for. It's the only thing worth doing. But here's the truth on that. It's not memorable, right? Do you remember who won the Oscar for Best Actress in a Comedy last year or the year before? Yeah, I don't either. (laughs) I don't even know what movies were up. (laughs) And it's not sustainable either. Do you remember Krispy Kreme donuts? They were like the rage several years ago. And now you can hardly find them. There used to be quite a few of those stores in Minnesota, and now I think the closest one is in Iowa. So striving to be the best 
also triggers habitual imposter syndrome thoughts and behaviors. You begin to question yourself and look outside yourself for validation. And I want to offer something different. Be the best version of you. No one to compare to, no one to measure up to, no one to strive to beat. Just you being the best version of you there is. And with that comes a feeling that is often overlooked as not being, well, you know, the best. And that feeling is contentment. When I think of that word, I envision someone who is like at peace with themselves and the world around them. Someone who is grounded and doesn't need to be exuberant all the time, right? Not in that strive energy. They just kind of have this Zen quality. That's what contentment feels like for me. But society says that's kind of mediocre. It kind of has a negative connotation, right? You know, you can do better and you should want to do better. You should want to be the best. That's what society says. Maybe you just need to stop shooting all over yourself or at the very least, stop letting other people do it. So consider this. Everyone is striving to feel content, settled, good in their own skin, however you want to say it, right? I mean, how many meditation apps are out there? Everyone is trying to feel contentment. So what does that say about our culture if we're always striving to be the best and when we fall short, we think there's something wrong with us? We create so much stress just trying to achieve what very few have. This reminds me of athletes. You know, when I was a kid, I used to watch the Olympics all the time. And I had a poster of Mark Spitz, the multi-Olympic gold medalist on the back of my bedroom door. It was like full size. He was a swimmer. And I remember I thought he was so cute. I had such a crush on him. And I think he had like seven medals in the poster. He was in his little Speedo swim trunks with his seven medals. And oh my, my door was closed a lot. (laughs) I would just stare at him all the time. Anyway, he was really celebrated and so were his fellow medalists for silver and bronze. I mean, that was when people celebrated being in the top three. You're an Olympic medalist. You're in the top three in the world. Now, if you don't get gold, you're a loser, right? Sorry, no endorsements, no Wheaties box, you know, nothing for silver and gold or silver and and bronze, right? No Nike endorsements, none of that. You didn't hit the mark, so you know, try again in four years. Spend your whole life working toward a nearly impossible goal, and then we'll see if you know we think you're a success. What the heck? But look at the toll that it takes on their mental health. Look at Michael Phelps, Simone Biles, Lindsey Vaughn. No one is more committed than these athletes, more focused, or spent more time working toward their goal. And look at what all that pressure societal and self-imposed, has done to their mental health. So if they are deemed not successful, if they aren't number one, haven't we set the bar just a little too high? And when is it good enough? When do you just get to be content with your performance? Many of my clients struggle with that push and pull between what contentment feels like and the desire to be the best. That's I mean, there's that part of you that's always striving to do better, better, better. And I get that. 
But that's where the stress comes from. Your definition of success conflicts with your desire to feel contentment. And that's the growth you get to look at. It's very common to want others to see you as a success or a winner. I get it. This is what our society is all about. We've been taught that since we were very young. Other people's opinions count more than our own. And we want the accolades from the outside world. I mean, just look at all the fame, you know, that people are getting on TikTok and social media. You know, the goal of posting something is for it to go viral. Well, that's all about exterior, uh, you know, accolades, right? I've got to prove that I'm good enough. That's really what it's about. And that's that prover derailer. That's what we do when we're striving to get those A's so that we get that approval. And then if it's not an A plus, we ask, well, what more can we do to get the A plus? We don't even accept that it was well done. We don't even accept the A. We look at, okay, what's missing? I need the plus. And as long as we're looking to the outside world for validation of our own skill sets, our success, our humor, or whatever it is, we will always come up short. This morning, when I was coming back from working out, I was listening to a radio and a commercial came on. And here's what it said. If you're a teenager and you've been damaged by your time on Instagram and you know you have an eating disorder, we want you to join our class action lawsuit against Facebook and Instagram. And I'm like, oh my God. And then I thought, well, of course, because the compare and despair cycle is so detrimental and rampant on social media. And you know, for children and teens, their brains aren't fully formed yet. So they see everyone else having this great life and they think theirs suck. Well, what they don't realize is that what they see is carefully curated because nobody puts their real life on Instagram or Facebook. It's all carefully managed. So now they're feeling, oh my God, what's wrong with me? And they're gauging their success by what someone else's life looks like. That compare and despair is always going to be there as long as you continue to look to the outside for validation and approval and anything else. And isn't that mostly subjective? Someone else's opinion? I mean, Olympians are timed, right? You can't argue with that measurement. Three hundredths of a second faster. You can't argue with that. It's not subjective. So to be your best, what about deciding what that means to you and setting your own standards that have nothing to do with anyone else's measurement? So I offer you this short list of ways that you can be the best version of you. First, discover your values. Find out what drives you. Every person is unique and what drives a friend or a colleague may not be important to you. They have a different path, different skills and passions. What's important to you? Dig deeper than the superficial things like, you know, money and position and power. What is your ultimate purpose in life? Knowing your values is crucial to answering that question and to redefining what being the best is for you. Then get to know your derailers, okay? You're far too familiar with those negative messages that the perfectionist, prover, pleaser, and procrastinator tell you every single day. As tempting as it is to believe those messages, the truth is 
that each of us is fully complete just the way we are. It's getting in touch with your authentic self that will free you to be the best version of you. You know who you are right now, but do you know who you could be? That's gold, my friend. And stop all the shoulds, all right? How many times a day do you tell yourself what you should do? It's not very motivating, is it? It's time to choose courage over comfort and get out there and try new things. Get out there and fail. Learn, fail again, then succeed. That's the reality of life. Shoulds always become musts. And the only way to become the best version of you is to stop judging yourself. Try new things and have fun doing it. And then focus on your strengths. You're amazing. Use what you got. When you strengthen what you're already good at, it deepens the learning you have about yourself and it's going to bolster you when things get rocky. Don't believe in weaknesses either. These are opportunities for growth, nothing more. And I'm not a real big believer in strengthening weaknesses. They're weaknesses for a purpose, you know, for a reason. That's why they call them weaknesses. So take notes on those things that you do well, that come easily to you. And, you know, because they don't for others, take pride in that. Take pride in what you do well, all of the things. And then throw out old beliefs and identities. Sometimes your beliefs are not your own. Have you noticed that? Like most of us, you've built at least part of your identity on other people's expectations. Uncovering those and bringing them into your awareness is a step in the process of learning how to be the best version of yourself. Your vision for who you want to be must be yours, no one else's. And when you do that, you'll shed your old identity and raise the bar on who you are becoming. People will notice. And you know what? Some may not be comfortable with the new you. And that's okay. Because you know what? The new you equals the best version of you. I'm excited about that. And then I want you to meet your inner wise self. Since understanding how to be the best version of yourself requires looking inward for wisdom, you won't find yourself scrolling through tons of information on the web. This is going to feel weird. I know because I'm a researcher. I dig into stuff. I'm, you know, a little bit of prover coming out there, right? Got to know everything. Some of us are so programmed to look outside ourselves for what the experts say we should do or think or want. None of that here. This requires you to look inward and ask key questions like, what would the future me do here? What does she want or need or like? Get to know her. You know what? She's pretty damn wise. And if you're feeling like this is all too overwhelming and don't know where to start, I would love to chat with you. Schedule a discovery call with me today and let's talk about where you are now, where you'd like to go, and how to fill in that gap. It will be the best hour you've spent in a very long time. The link to schedules in the show notes. All right, my friends, best version of you. That's what we're striving for. And I'm looking forward to having a conversation with you. And until then, please remember, I believe in you. Hey, if you love this episode and want to dive deeper into what's possible for you, I invite you to schedule a call with me where we can discuss what it takes to get out from under the weight of self-doubt and step into the real you unapologetically. It's simple. Just visit barbarachurchill.com to book your complimentary call now. 
Remember, subscribe and review this podcast because I really want to hear from you. I'll see you soon. Thank you.